Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Sensation. Good evening, everyone. This is your host, Prophetess Kathy McKenzie. Uh, thank you for being with us this uh, afternoon. I say good evening, but it's afternoon. Um, thank you for being with us. And uh, to those who will listen later on, we pray that you will be blessed by what the Lord speaks to us today. Um, I'm excited about what, what God is uh, saying and what God is doing. Um, to all of you who are listening, you are uh, the people that God has called you to be. We want to believe God for this next season, this next hour that God have us in. Um, before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that our uh, show, Master Key, on Friday afternoon is no longer uh, on Friday. So um, after today, then we will move right into um, Saturday. And Saturday, remember, starts at 12 noon. So invite someone to listen to the broadcast. We pray that you've been blessed by what you've been hearing um, so far. We pray that uh, God has been speaking to you and bringing about revelation to you so you can make change in your life, your personal life, in your home life, um, uh, changes on your job, uh, your relationships with your children, with your spouse, um, in every area of your life because God is concerned about every area of our lives. Um, and so God will put us in situations so he can perfect everything that concerns us and so we can be the men and the women of God that God is raising up in this last hour. We can be the disciples that God wants us to be. So we just pray that you've been blessed and you've been hearing a word. We have a saying around Panorama that one word from God will change your life. So it could just be go, and that's the word that you needed to hear at that moment that brought about change in your life. Uh, so whatever that one word is, God makes it personal just for you because he knows exactly what you and I need. And it's just so awesome about God how he knows how uh, that whatever you and I need, he knows how to put us in a situation so we can um, um, become the men and the women of God that he desires for us to be. God is concerned about every area of our lives, uh, so don't think that not one area of your life is uh, not important to God. God is concerned about every area of your life. We just came out of an awesome, awesome uh, meeting, uh, encountering the supernatural, and that's exactly what happened. We encountered the supernatural, awesome, awesome move of our mighty God. God showed up and showed himself strong in our midst. Uh, the momentum increased from Friday to Saturday, from Saturday to Sunday. God just moved so miraculously in the services. And uh, next time we have one, if you missed this last one last weekend, we pray that you're able to make the next one next year when we have another one um, because I'm sure God is going to continue to uh, show himself strong on the behalf of those that believe him and trust him and walk by faith and not by sight. But we had two powerful men of God that came and brought the word of God 
and delivered the heart and the mind of God. We were praying and fasting, believing God to speak to us, speak a word that he wants us to hear, uh, speak a word that's in his heart, speak a word that would bring about change in our lives. And, and so um, that's exactly what happened. We had Bishop Senegal with us. We had Pastor Brigham with us. And it was just awesome to see how much God loves us. That, to me, that's what God showed uh, this past weekend. He showed how much he loved us and how much he's concerned about us. Um, and, you know, uh, my husband said something in one of the services uh, that, you know, the, the time that you think that God uh, is going to spank you, then God turns around and show his love to you. He extends mercy to you. He extends grace to you and I. And he shows how much he loves us and how much he's concerned about us. And, and so, it, you know, I'm so thankful to God that God doesn't see the way we see. You know, uh, as parents, you know, the time that we uh, have to discipline our kids, uh, if we get the heart and the mind sometimes from God, then it, it could be that God will speak and say, you know what, extend mercy today. Uh, extend grace today. I don't want you to discipline them. Just, just give them a, a, a hug and let, let your child know that, that you love them and you, you're proud of them. They would probably walk away with their minds so confused. You know, I thought mommy and daddy was going to spank me, but they just love me. Uh, so we want to just, you know, thank God for extending his love and his grace and his mercy to us this past weekend. Uh, many miracles took place uh, on Friday night and um, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we had some powerful uh, manifestations. Two tumors were dissolved uh, in our services. We had uh, one person didn't even have the hands laid on them. And uh, she came to the man of God after service and shared with Dr. McKenzie how the man of God didn't even lay hands on her. She was in the very back of the room. Uh, but when, uh, when God spoke healing and uh, for the tumors to dry up and to be dissolved, uh, and the two women that came up to the altar, uh, she reached out and believed God for her healing and, uh, and just felt around and, and knew that God had uh, completely given her a miracle without hands being laid on her. Uh, and I'm telling you, that's just the supernatural power of God right there. And uh, and I'm sure that encouraged her faith and that encouraged her family members. Uh, that encouraged us as a people of God to let us know one word from God will change your life. Um, so we just had, you know, awesome, awesome time in God from these men of God that brought the word of God uh, unto us. One of the men of God spoke concerning Esther. Uh, and um, I want to highlight something from the book of Esther that the man of God, the man of God spoke um, to us from the book of Esther, uh, the fourth chapter in verse 13. I want to uh, go back over something the man of God said, and the Lord just uh, highlighted this to me, um, and I want to just uh, touch on it just a little bit um, on today. Uh, beginning with verse 13, this is Esther, the fourth chapter. It says, Then Mordecai told them to return this answer to Esther. Do not flatter yourself that you shall escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Verse 14, for if you keep silent at, a, at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from elsewhere. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, and for this very occasion, for this very occasion. Verse 15 says, Then Esther told them to give this answer to Mordecai. Verse 16, Go, 
gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I also am amazed with fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Verse 17 says, So Mordecai went away and did all that Esther had commanded him. So here was a time when the Jews, um, when uh, the Jews were about to be destroyed, and Mordecai sent a message unto Esther to let her know, "Don't flatter yourself. Don't think that you know you're going to escape. Uh, relief and deliverance uh, will come from someplace else, but you and your father's house will perish if you don't rise up." For this occasion. And then he says, for who knows that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this and for this occasion. So he's making Esther aware that this is the reason why God brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. You're not there just for your own purpose. God put you in that position for this occasion. This is the reason why you're there. He had to help her to understand this. And when she received that understanding that this is the reason why God brought me into the kingdom for such a time as this, she made a decision. Her choice was, was yes, I will, I will fast. I will become, you know, the woman of God that God wants me to be. And she she sent back a message to Mordecai and let him know, I'm going to fast, my maids are going to fast, you can count on me, and I'm going to go before the king. Even though it wasn't proper for her to go into the king unless she was summoned, unless she was called by the king, by her authority, but she made a decision, I'm going to go. And if I perish, I perish, but I, at least I did what God brought me into the kingdom, you know, for. This is the reason why I'm here, so, so I'm going to do what it is that God has called me into this kingdom to do for such a time as this. So I want to ask you a question um, to those of you who are listening. Is it possible that God, just like he did for Esther, is creating a circumstance so you can walk into your destiny? Is it possible? Absolutely. It's possible that God is creating a circumstance. He's creating a situation just so you can walk into your destiny. God created this situation for Esther just so she can walk into her destiny. God allowed this to happen just so she can understand. You're not here just by accident. You're not here just to do your own thing, just to look pretty. You're not here for no other reason except for the purpose of you being a destiny. Relief and deliverance has to come, and God wants to use you so relief and deliverance can come to a people. Can you rise up, to those of you who are listening, can you rise up and become the man of God, become the woman of God that God desires for you to be? This is why God has created that situation and that circumstance. Just, this is why God brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. In this next season, in this next hour, in this next phase of your life, uh, God is going to allow situations to happen because God wants to receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And how is he going to do that? He's going to create a situation so you can arise and become that, uh, that person that he's called you to be. Walk into your destiny. God wants to bring deliverance to a people. And can God use you to bring deliverance to the people that he desires to, to bring deliverance to? 
God wants to bring deliverance to your family. God wants to bring deliverance to those on your job. God wants to bring deliverance to your community. God wants to bring deliverance to your extended family. God wants to bring deliverance to your friends. God wants to bring deliverance to a people that you don't even know. But because you're going to rise up and become the, the man or the woman of God that he's called you to be, God can use you to be that vehicle and that door that deliverance can come to a people and set them free. This is why God brought you into the kingdom. It's not by accident. No, it's it's not by your own accord. It was by the hand of God that you're in this place that God has brought you. That's why God gave you the job that he gave you, because God wants to bring deliverance to the boss on the job. That's why God put you in that position. That's why he elevated you. That's why he gave you the raise that he gave you. Why? Because he wants to bring deliverance. He wants to set the people free. And I hear my husband say this all the time, that God is concerned about the generations. God is not just concerned about this season or this uh, uh, generation. God is concerned about the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. God wants his name to be spread abroad. God wants the people to know that he is God and he is Lord. And God wants to use you. You are the door. You are the instrument that God wants to use. You are the vehicle that God wants to use. So so will you arise and become the man of God that God has called you to be? Will you take your position in society? Will you take your position in your home and be the man of God? Be the authority that God has called you to be. And then God knows how to bring everybody else under, under his authority. <coughs> Excuse me. God knows how to set everybody free. God knows how to bring deliverance. God knows how to uh, set them free. God knows how to use you so you can become the woman of God. You can become the man of God that God has called you to be. So God wants you to be that instrument. God wants you to be that vessel. So this is what Mordecai was bringing to Esther's attention, that God wanted to bring deliverance. But he wanted to use her, and he was letting her know, don't think you're going to escape. You're not going to escape. No, deliverance will come. Enlargement will come. Uh, uh, the King James Version says deliverance and enlargement will come, but it's going to come from someplace else because you refuse to get into position. But Esther did allow that to happen. She made a decision. After hearing what the man of God said, she made a decision. No, it's not going to come from someplace else. It's going to come through me. So will you make that decision today in this next season and next phase of your life that God can use you? The Amplified Version says deliverance and enlargement will come from someplace else. So God wants to bring deliverance. He wants to bring enlargement, and he wants to use you. Will you make that choice to say yes to the will of God? You can use me on my job. You can use me, God, in my home. You can use me in my community. You can use me in society. I know this is why you brought me into this position. I know this is why you gave me this elevation. I know this is why you have me going back to school. See, you think it's because of you. No, God has a bigger plan in mind. God is thinking generations. God is thinking about the people that's going to come after you and the people that's going to come after them. God is thinking about how his name can be spread from one generation to the next generation. And so will you be the one that God can use? Will you be the one that will say yes to the will of God? 
God wants to use you and I to be that instrument, to be that vessel that he's called us to be. So we need to say yes, just like Esther made a decision. And she said yes to the will of God. So you and I need to make a decision and say yes to the will of God. Verse 14 again says, but if you keep silent at this time, listen, this is not the time for you and I to keep silent. This is the time for us to speak up. God has given us a word. The word is nigh you even in your mouth right now. And so God is waiting for you to release the word, speak the word, and all of heaven is going to back you. Because why? You're on assignment from God. You're not doing this for your own accord. You're not doing this because you don't have nothing else better to do. No, you're doing this because you're on assignment from God. You're, you're a sent one. You are, have been commissioned by God to go. And as you go, all of heaven is going to back you because you're under authority and you're on assignment. And so Esther knew that I have to get in position. I'm on assignment. He had to, Mordecai had to help her to see. Sometimes we need our authorities to help us see the plan of God and the purpose of God for our lives. And so Esther was able to see the purpose of God and the plan of God based upon what was shared with her from Mordecai. And she made a decision that, yes, I will go before the king and then you know what she did she put her life on the line so she was able to take a risk for God I hear my husband say faith is not faith if you're not if you're not uh, putting yourself in a position to take a risk and that's what God is looking for you and I to do in this next season of our lives. To so put ourselves, uh, uh, starting with myself, put ourselves in a position that we would take a risk for God. That we would step out by faith and trust God knowing that God is with me. He said he'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. So I know he's with me now. He was with me in the past. He's with me today. He's going to be with me on tomorrow. So whatever decision you and I make, all of heaven is going to back us. So he said, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from elsewhere, but you and your father's house will perish. In other words, these people are going to be saved, but you're going to perish. You and your house, you're going to perish. Why? Because you didn't make a decision to rise up. You kept silent. This is not the time, Esther, to keep silent. So to all the Esthers out there, this is not the time to keep silent. God is speaking to you and I. This is the time for us to speak up. God has given us that boldness. Let us step up in that boldness. Who is that boldness? Christ Jesus is our boldness. Christ Jesus, he lives on the inside of us. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know what's going on today. I'm, you know, I feel like a, a draft or something. But this is the time for you and I to speak the word of God with boldness, and all of heaven is going to back us. God is with us. And verse 15 says, Then Esther told them to give this answer to Mordecai, Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast for me. Fasting was important. Why was fasting important? Because fasting is a sign of humility. Fasting is a sign to say, Fasting is a sign to say that I can't do it without God. I can't do it without you, Lord. I need you, God. And I and I believe that you are with me. And I believe and know that you're not going to let me go in there before the king by myself. I know that you are with me. And so, therefore, I'm going to trust you. And, therefore, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Therefore, I'm going to put my life in your hand. And if I perish, 
I will perish. But at least I perish doing the will of God. At least I perish knowing that I was in the will of God when I perish. Because why? This is what I'm called to do. This is my destiny. This is my assignment. So in this next phase of our lives, in this next season of our lives, it's important for us to be in the will of God. It's important for us to know that this is the reason why God brought us into the place and the, desti- uh, and the location that God called you. Why? This is your destiny. <clears throat> and God desires for you and I to walk in our destiny. And as we're walking in our destiny, God is going to perform on, what I, on his word. God is going to perform on our behalf. Let go and let God. This is what uh, Esther did. She made a decision to let go and let God. And in that letting go and letting God, God performed on her behalf. And that's what God wants to do. He desires to perform on your behalf. He desires to perform on my behalf. But he's looking for you and I to let go and to let God. I want to look at a scripture here in the book of Jeremiah, the first chapter, and verse 11 through 13. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Verse 12 says, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Verse 13 says, And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What seest thou? And I said, I see a seething pot, and the face thereon is toward the north. Now, the part I want you to focus on is verse uh, 12. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. God is going to hasten his word to perform it. God is only going to perform the word that he has spoken. What word has God spoken over your life? That's the word that God is going to perform. That's the word that you and I need to be speaking. I need to know the word that God has spoken over my life. I need to know the word that God has spoken over my children's life. I need to know the word that God has spoken over my husband's life. Why? Because God said, I will hasten to perform my word. (coughs) And as I know the word that God has spoken over my life, I can speak that word. And as I speak that word, then God, I'm giving God uh, his word back, and God is going to perform his word that he's spoken over my life, over my children's life, over my marriage, over our business, over Panorama, over Doma, over uh, the Pastoria Prayer Line. God is going to hasten to perform his word. It's important for you to know the word that God has spoken over your life because God wants to perform. And I heard my uh, man of God, Dr. McKenzie, say one time, let's take God out of the watching mode and put God in the performing mode. I believe that God wants to be put in the performing mode for you and I. He wants to perform on your behalf. But how can he perform on my behalf if I don't know his word, that I can release his word out of my mouth so he can receive his word and then he can perform his word in my life. So I need to know his word. What has God spoken in your life? What has God spoken over your marriage? What has God spoken over your children? What has God spoken over your business? What has God spoken over your extended family? What has God spoken over your life? That's the word you need to be releasing out of your mouth. That's the word that God wants to perform 
on your behalf. God asked Jeremiah a question. He said, what do you see? So, so I'm asking you a question to those of you who are listening and who will listen later on. What do you see? Do you see what God is showing you? Do you see uh, the plan of God for your life? God says, I know the plans uh, and the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God wants to give you the expected end. What is the end? That's why you need to get in relationship and know what God is speaking unto you. And only speak what God speaks. Oh, we see a lot of things happening around us. But I don't want to be speaking everything that's happening around me. I want to be speaking what God has spoken. I want to see what God shows me, speak what God uh, shows me, and give God back his word so God can perform on my behalf. If God is not performing on my behalf, whose fault is it? Is it my fault? Absolutely. You know why? Because I'm not standing in a position to focus on God, to see God. Now, God is moving in my life. I may not acknowledge it, or you may not acknowledge it, because you don't know that it's God that's moving on your behalf. But when you know that it's God moving on your behalf, then you're able to give him praise and give him thanksgiving uh, and offer up adoration unto him and love on his name, because you know that God is speaking and moving on your behalf. So God said, I will hasten my word to perform it. I'm going to hasten the word. And I think it's just so awesome that there's a word that God has spoken to me. There's a word that God has spoken to you. There's a word that God has spoken to my neighbor. There's a word that God has spoken over the lives of our children. And each word may be different, but God said, I'm going to hasten to perform the word that I've spoken. So God, there's a particular word that God is going to hasten and perform on your behalf. God knows the word that he's spoken on your behalf. God is not uh, uh, like man, and man forgets. Sometimes we forget the words that we speak because sometimes we're not people of our words. <clears throat> but God is a, a God of his word. God is not like man. He doesn't speak today and then he forget tomorrow what he said today. No, God is not like that. And, <laughs> and thank God that he's not like that. But God wants to perform on your behalf. I want to look at the definition of this word hasten. It means to move or act quickly. So if I read that again, it says, Thou hast well seen, for I will move or act quickly on my word to perform it. So it, to me, it may not be moving fast enough, but God says, Oh, oh, oh yes, it is. <laughs> it's right on time. You're right on time with the words I've spoken over your life. Situations come and the circumstances are created, but what is that doing? That's putting you in position for your divine destiny, just like we just read concerning Esther. It's putting you in position so that word can come to pass in your life. God knows exactly what he's doing. God is lining up all the players. He's putting all the people in position. He's putting all the players in position. And I like to say that God is uh, uh, like a, a picture, like a puzzle. You know how you put the puzzle on the floor and you put it together? Uh, and that's why I say God is putting all the pieces together just like a puzzle. <clears throat> Sometimes it takes a long time when you have those small pieces of the puzzle. You know, it may take you weeks and months to put that whole picture together. But once you put it together, it's beautiful. And you say, wow, 
it was worth it. All the labor that I put into it, all the hours that I spent putting this puzzle together, it was worth it. Look at how beautiful it is. And that's how you you are. That's that's how God has uh, your life. God is putting all the pieces together, and once it's done, your life is going to be beautiful. Because why? You're allowing God to put the pieces together. It's taking some time, yes. It, it, it takes time for a beautiful work of art to be uh, finished. It takes time. They have to make sure each stroke is in the right place. The artist has to make sure that he has the right colors, uh, and it takes time to match the colors to the right to the right picture. It takes time. And so all the labor, all the hours is going to be well worth it. And you're going to be able to say, wow, it was a long time. It took a long time, but I, I, I'm so grateful to God that he took his time putting the pieces together. So we can trust God. God knows exactly what he's doing. So it means uh, to move. Hasten means to move or to act quickly. It also means accelerate. Now, accelerate means to move faster. It also means to increase. And when you think about that, if I read that verse again, it says, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will accelerate, um, I will increase my word to perform it. So isn't that powerful? God is accelerating his word. God is causing his word to move fast. And God is causing his word to move quickly. <clears throat> Just so you and I, God is making sure that his word does not return unto him void. And you know, when I was meditating on this, I thought about that this is a leap year. The spirit of God quickened my spirit. This is a leap year. And in a leap year, God gave us a confession uh, that we were doing at the beginning of the year, the first few months of the year. We was making this confession concerning leap year. And one of the things that we say concerning leap year, that leap year is a catch-up year. A leap year is a make-up year. A leap year is a is an uncommon year. A leap year is a year of extra increase. You know what that's saying? That God has you and I in mind. God is going to cause us to catch up on anything that we've fallen behind in. God is going to make up the difference in our lives. Uh, he's going to cause us to have a, a, a year of uncommon favor. Now, somebody may be saying, somebody may be listening to this and saying, but you know what? We only have another, uh, what, eight weeks to go in this year, and then this year will be over. Well, uh, you know what? According to the Jewish calendar, this year is already over. <clears throat> But God is the one that, you know, in the eyes of God, you know, uh, just because it's uh, according to man's calendar that it's over doesn't mean that it's over in the eyes of God. Amen? Uh, we're going according to God's table, God's calendar. And according to the Jewish calendar, we're already in year 2013. So we know that God know you know God knows exactly what He's doing. God is the one that's causing everything uh, to be according to His timetable, and and we we haven't lost anything. It may seem like I've lost some things in the natural, but in the eyes of God, I haven't lost a thing. You and I have not lost anything. God is accelerating His word. God is causing His word to be put in place, causing you and I to be put in place. 
for divine destiny. And God is making a, he's causing a spiritual collision so you and I can receive everything that he desires for us to receive. And it also means, reading that verse in the Amplified, it says, Then said the Lord unto me, You have well seen, for I am alert, I am active, and I'm watching over my word to perform it. So why don't you, you and I, learn how to begin to speak God's word? And as we speak God's word, God said, that's the word that I'm watching over. I'm not watching over just any old word. I'm watching over my word. I have released my word. My word says, let there be light. And guess what happened? Light came into being. Light came into existence. So whatever it is that God has spoken over your life, that's the word that God wants to bring into past, bring into being. That's the word that God wants to bring to pass in your life. But you got to know what God's word says concerning your life so you can speak God's word release God's word and focus on God's word and be encouraged by God's word, have faith in God's word, and know that I'm letting go and letting God and I'm walking into my divine destiny so the word of God can be fulfilled in my life. So the Amplified Version says again, you are well seen, for I am alert. This is what God says. Notice what God says here. I am alert. I'm active, and I'm watching over my word to perform it. Now, that word uh, alert means that God is quick to perceive and act. He's watchful. So God is quick to perceive and act according to his word. He's watchful over his word. It also means active. Active means producing or involving action or movement, quick in movement. In other words, God's word is quick and powerful. According to the book of Hebrews, I believe it's the fourth chapter, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing of sons of spirit and soul. So God's word is quick. God's word is powerful. And that's why we want to focus on God's word, not our word. We're going to, we want to focus on God's word. So our word can become God's word. And then as we, have, as we speak God's word, then God begins to move and he begins to accelerate. He begins to be alert. He's active. That means that God is not taking a break. <laughs> now, we may take a break from time to time, but God is not taking a break. God is making sure that your life line up with that word that God spoke over your life. This is the reason why God put Esther in position. Because why? God wanted her to walk into her destiny. And what was her destiny? For her to arise up, go before the king, and she already made the statement that if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to see the king. And I'm going to, this is why I was brought into this place, into this divine destiny, so I can rise up. And enlargement and deliverance will come through me, and my, me and my father's house will not perish. Why? Because I'm walking into my destiny. Will you make that decision today? that you're going to walk into your destiny and you're going to rise up and become the man of God that God has called you to be and you're going to rise up and take your family back. You're going to rise up and make sure that your wife is walking into divine destiny. You're going to rise up and make sure that your children are walking into divine destiny because you know that this is the reason why God uh, brought you into that season, that God brought you into that place. Why? God gave you a wife so you could walk into destiny. God gave you children so you could walk into destiny. God wants purpose. God is concerned about purpose coming forth, and purpose has to come from you as the authority. 
come from you as the authority of your home, you as the authority wherever God has placed you. God is looking for you and I to rise up and be the man and the woman of God that God has brought, uh, that God has called us to be. Amen? And so as we rise up, we can be the men and the women of God that God is calling us to be. Now, the Message Bible says, and God said, good eyes, I'm sticking with you. I'll make every word I give you come true. Notice what God said to Jeremiah in the Message Bible. He says, good eyes. In other words, you have well seen Jeremiah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm sticking with you. He said, I make every word that I give you come true. So isn't that powerful that you and I have a promise from God that God said that every word that he gave us, he's going to make sure that it come true. So that means that God is going to uh, cause you and I to be put in some situations that may be comfortable and may be uncomfortable, uh, may feel good, may not feel good, uh, may look good, may not look good, may sound good, may not sound good. But why is God doing it? Because he's trying to make sure that every word that he spoke over your life come to pass. And, and, and all of us will have to admit there are some situations that we have been in that was a little sticky. <laughs> there were some situations that we were in that did not feel good. There were some situations that we were in that it seemed like all hell had broken loose against us. But what, what is our God doing? God is up to something. God is trying to bring forth divine destiny. So if we stay with God, continue to let go and let God, continue to walk into our destiny, continue to speak the word of God, then we will see divine destiny happen right before our eyes. And guess who else is going to see it? Our enemies. They will see divine destiny happen right before their very eyes. In the NIV version, I want to read that. It says, the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. God is going to make sure that his word is fulfilled in your life. But this is how God is going to do it. He's got to test you and I. He has to test your faith and your confidence and your trust in him to make sure that you see that this is not about you. This is bigger than you. This is not about you making yourself look good. This is about you making God look good. And so how are you going to do that? Standing on his word, trusting his word, knowing, having confidence in his word, knowing that God is with you, knowing that God did not make a mistake. Isn't it amazing? We, we, we say from time to time when we get blessed with a job, oh, this is the best job. Oh, I know God gave me this job. Oh, my goodness, everybody's so nice. They're so sweet. They're so kind. And then one week go by, and God allows you to be tested. Then you want to wonder, okay, I wonder if God made a mistake. No, he didn't make a mistake. <laughs> You're in the right place at the right time. God is trying to bring forth purpose. God is trying to bring forth destiny. And so this is the time for you to trust him. Stay right there. Don't be so quick to move. Don't be so quick to look, you know, go and look for another job and, and say, you know what, I, I think I made a mistake. Or even some people, you know, maybe, you know, you're in a position where you're comfortable. You, you know, you, you know, you, you don't have to go to work. You can, you can afford to miss a few days. And in, in doing so, uh, will you have the mind of God? Will you have the heart of God? Will you say, you know what, I, I know that I'm into purpose. 
Can you look at your life right now and say, uh, I'm into purpose. I'm walking in my divine destiny. I believe that I'm in the place that God will have me to be. Then if you're in the place that God will have you to be, then you're walking into destiny. And purpose is you. You're walking in purpose. Purpose will happen in your life. You're walking into that place that God have you. You're walking into your season. Uh, uh, what season do God have you in? You know, this is the naturally, this is the winter season here. Uh, and so since it's the winter season, then some things are going to be a little dried up. But this is the time for us to trust God. This is the time for us to keep our faith and our trust and our confidence in God, knowing that I'm in the right place at the right time for the purpose of God to come forth out of my life. God is trying to get, uh, bring forth purpose out of your life. And that's what God was trying to do with Esther. Esther. He was trying to bring forth purpose out of her life. So he allowed her, this situation, uh, to, to come forth concerning the Jews. Uh, and she, uh, being a Jew, and the king didn't know she was a Jew. So she, she had to be put in this position so she can arise uh, and take her rightful place uh, and go before the king. So is it possible that God is doing the same thing for you? That God allowed that situation to happen on your job because God is trying to bring you to a place that you will arise and become the man or the woman of God and rise up and take your rightful place and speak the word of God. When was the last time somebody began to pray for your boss? Maybe God wants you to pray for your boss and not talk about your boss. I remember a time when I was working at the post office years ago, 20-some years ago, and I was uh, uh, coming home complaining to my husband about the, you know, what was going on, the different things that was happening on the job, and, and talking about my boss and, and what, what my boss was saying and, and uh, what my boss was doing and, and just complaining. And I remember one time, one time I came home and I complained, and my husband said, I am so tired of you coming home every night complaining. And actually it was morning because I was working at night. He said, I'm so tired of you coming home complaining. He said, when was the last time, uh, no, he asked me, he said, do you believe God gave you that job? And I said, yes. Well, if you believe that God gave you that job, when was the last time you prayed for someone and somebody gave their life to the Lord? Uh, never. When was the last time you prayed for someone and a backslider came back into the kingdom of God because of your prayers? Uh, never. So, so you're on that job complaining, and no souls are being won to the kingdom of God, and you're not praying for anyone. Uh, yeah, basically, that was my testimony. So my, what was my husband doing? Helping me to see you're not on that job by accident. It doesn't matter what the boss is doing. It doesn't matter what the coworkers are doing. What are you doing? You're the one that, that God lives in, and he may live in some of the other people, but God was speaking to me through my husband and helping me to see this is not about you. This is not about you looking good. This is not about you just going there making a, a paycheck, bringing home a paycheck every two weeks. No, this is about you fulfilling divine destiny and purpose on that job. And so my husband said, he began to encourage me. When the people, uh, your coworkers go into the break room, because we had a break room, uh, when your coworkers go into the break room, don't you go in there with your coworkers talking about the boss. No, you begin to pray. You pray for your boss. You begin to pray for the people, uh, your coworkers. Somebody come by you and say they have a headache, pray for them. Uh, somebody want to give their life to the Lord, pray for them. Somebody want to uh, 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 rededicate their life to the Lord, pray for them. 
somebody uh, being challenged with pain in the body, pray for them. Somebody having uh, financial difficulties on the job, pray for them. What was my husband doing? And it was God. Not My husband was the instrument, but it was God using my husband, helping me to see this is not about you. And sometimes we need the authority. Uh, we need our husbands. <clears throat> to help us see divine destiny and purpose. We need our authority to help us see divine destiny and purpose. And that was uh, what Mordecai was to Esther. He was her authority. He was a legal guardian. He's the one that raised her when her parents were no longer there. He raised her. He was like a mentor to her. And he helped her to see divine destiny. And she didn't question and go back and forth and argue with him and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not over here. You're on the outside. I'm on the inside. No, she didn't do all of that. She submitted to what the man of God said. And what did I do? I submitted to what my man of God said. And I submitted to what God was saying through my man of God. And I went back on that job with a new purpose. I had new eyes. I, I had a new destiny, uh, uh, you know, being on that job. And so I was able to see this is not about me. Uh, souls need to come into the kingdom of God. I need to pray for some people. And guess what? When I got about my father's business on that job, that's when God began to elevate me. Right after that is when I received the best evaluation from my boss, uh, from my uh, supervisor at that time. That's when I received the best uh, evaluation because why? I got about my father's business. I became uh, purpose-driven on that job. And so maybe God is speaking to you. Are you purpose-driven where God have you? Are you about the Father's business where God have you? Are you purpose-driven on your job? Are you purpose-driven in your society, in your community, in your home, as a wife, as a mother, uh, uh, as a child, as a son, as a daughter? Are you purpose-driven? Are you trying to fulfill the will of God? And that's what um, Esther did. She was purpose-driven after that because if you continue to read, she had dinner with the king uh, two times before she even revealed her plan. So God gave her wisdom. God gave her, her a strategy. And that's what God was giving me. He was giving me wisdom through my man of God. He was giving me a strategy through my man of God. And so if there's some men that are listening, maybe God wants to use you to give you wisdom to help your wife while she's on her job or to help your wife while she's in school, uh, to help your wife uh, as a mother. Whatever it is, maybe God wants to give you wisdom so you can help her see the potential of God on the inside of her. Uh, this is why God has brought you into the kingdom uh, for such a time as this. Uh, and God wants you to walk into your divine destiny and into your divine purpose. Uh, but he don't want you to uh, miss this opportunity. So Esther could have missed that opportunity and their relief and deliverance or enlargement would have came from someplace else. But Esther would have perished. So God does not desire for you and I to perish. God wants us to fulfill purpose. Uh, so men, will you rise up uh, just like Mordecai did? Uh, and will you help your woman of God to see divine destiny and to see divine purpose is on the inside of her? Will you encourage her to move towards the favor of God and the purpose of God and the path of God that God has her on? You can help her fulfill divine destiny and purpose. And my husband did that. He helped me to see divine destiny and purpose while I was on that job working at the post office. 
This is not about you, Kathy. This is about the kingdom of God. Will you affect change in uh, the post office while you're there? Can God use you? God is giving you favor. His grace is upon you. His anointing is upon you. And God wants to use you. So go forth and let God use you. Lay hands on the sick. Pray for somebody so somebody can give their life to the Lord. Don't just let people have conversations with you and then you miss it and say, oh, I could have prayed for them. Oh, I could have given them a word of encouragement. Oh, I could have told them what God put in my heart to tell them. Walk forth in boldness. Don't be afraid. Let go and let God. That's what Esther did. She let go and she let God. And then everything that God put in her heart to do, that strategy, that plan, everything that God put in her heart to do, guess what? It happened because she began to submit to the authority of Mordecai. And that's what you have to do, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You have to submit to the authority that God has given you. Even if you are a, a, a man, you still have an authority. Who is your authority? Are you submitted so the will of God and the purpose of God and your destiny can come forth? Because why? You have let go and you are letting God. In this next season, this next hour of your life, let's not miss the opportunity. Let's not miss our divine purpose. Purpose. Let's not miss the place that God has us because we're doing our own thing. This is about the kingdom of God. This is about the plan of God. This is about the purpose of God. And God says that he will watch over his word to make sure that his word comes true. He's going to make sure that his word is fulfilled. In the Living Bible, it says, it means that I'm watching and I will certainly carry out all my plans. How is God going to carry out all his, all his plans? Because he's going to make sure that a situation is created uh, so you can rise up and acknowledge him. Uh, and, and as you acknowledge him, then his will will be done. His plan will be fulfilled. His word will come true. And notice, uh, as we said earlier, Esther said, fast. She said, fast for me. What is fasting going to do? Fasting is going to cause you and I to humble ourselves, to acknowledge that there's someone bigger than I, there's someone greater than me, and, and, and it's not me, but it's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's greater on the inside of me. And I acknowledge through my fasting, I humble myself under his mighty hand, that in due season, he will exalt me. He will promote me and bring me before great men. That's what the uh, scripture says concerning women. Wisdom. And so when I fast, uh, I'm acknowledging that God is greater. I'm acknowledging that God, I cannot do it apart from you. I cannot do it without you. And so sometimes God will take you through a season of fasting. God will take you through a period of fasting. And what is God doing? He's trying to cause you and I to depend solely on him. Not my gifts, not my talents, because I am nothing without him. I, you and I can do nothing without him. Apart from him, we are nothing. You and I are no good to anyone, not myself, not my husband, not my children, apart from God. So we need him. So fasting helps you and I to humble ourselves. In the book of Philippians, the first chapter, at verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work will perform it in you until the day of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that began a good work in you, wants to perform it. And how is he going to perform it? Again, he's going to put you and I in a situation, in a test, in a circumstance. He's going to create it just so you and I can be put there so we can acknowledge him. 
And he wants to carry out his plans concerning our life. He wants to perform the very word that he's spoken over your life. He wants to perform the very word that he has confessed and released over your life. The Amplified Version says, And I am confident and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue unto the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work, perfecting and bringing it to full completion uh, in you. God wants to complete his good work in you. God wants to complete his good work in you and I. But how's he going to do it? He's going to create a situation so he can complete his good work in you. There's, there's a good work that God started in you. You are not a mistake. Nothing happens by coincidence. Nothing in your life has happened uh, because there was nothing else for it to, for, to happen. No, everything happened in your life for a reason and a purpose. Your past is over. Your past is over. Let me say it one more time. Your past is over. God has began a good work in you. When did he begin that? Long time ago. <laughs> he started that good work. You just came to the knowledge of it, you know, when you gave your life to him. But God began a good work in you when you were first born. When you came into existence, God started a good work in you. And guess what? He wants to complete it. So will you let him complete it? Estimated decision that God was going to complete the good work in her. So when you make the decision like Esther, you're going to complete the good work in me, God, because I say yes to your will. I say yes to the purpose of God. I say yes to the plan of God. I say yes. I deny myself. I take up my cross and I fall after you. If I want to be your disciple, God, then the first thing I got to do is deny myself. If I want to come after you, God, the first thing I got to do is deny myself. And then I got to take up my cross and then I got to fall after you. How do you follow after God? By submitting to your authorities. I'm married to my husband. I'm married to my authority. And so my authority, we've been married 25 years, going on 26 years, Valentine's Day next year. A couple of months would be, uh, three months would be uh, 26 years that my husband and I have been married. But I have to make a decision to follow God after my husband. I have to follow the pattern that my husband has set before me. My husband is an excellent provider. My husband loves me. Uh, uh, my husband is an excellent provider for the family. My husband reminds me of my father. My father was an excellent provider. Uh, up until the day that my father got sick, uh, before he uh, uh, left here years ago in 96, uh, when my father got challenged with uh, cancer. And before that time, my father had so much uh, a pride. He took pride in taking care of his family. Uh, he took pride in knowing that uh, we had something to eat. Uh, I can remember my father telling my, my mom years ago when we were little, uh, don't wait until I come home. Uh, if there's only a little bit of food left, you go ahead, give it to the kids. And there was four of us. Uh, give it to the kids, and, and I'll make sure I get something someplace else. I'll go to the, to the store, and I'll get myself a sandwich, but make sure the kids eat. And I can appreciate my father saying that. When I look back on that, I say, wow, my father was such a provider for us. He wanted to make sure that we were well taken care of. And you know what? I can say the same thing about my husband. My husband is the same way. 
He wants to make sure that the girls uh, have enough, that the girls are taken care of. Now, the only difference is that my husband uh, knows Christ. My, my father didn't know Christ until his latter days before he left this earth. Uh, but when we were younger, he didn't know Christ. Uh, but he had the mindset that I want to make sure that my kids are provided for. But my husband, being in God, having a relationship with the Lord, uh, acknowledging God, knowing that God is the one that has provided, God is the one that has blessed, uh, God is the one that has sustained this family. And sometimes my husband sit down and, and he tells the girls, uh, you know, his story. He tells the girls how God, you know, how God has brought him uh, up to this place and, and how he didn't have when he was younger. But he, he wants to make sure that the girls have now, um, you know, now that we, we're in Christ and we know the Lord. Lord, and we have a relationship with God, and our girls know the Lord, and they, they serve God. Uh, we want to make sure that they fulfill their divine destiny, that they fulfill purpose. And my husband is an excellent provider for our girls. Now, he's not going to hurt our girls. Uh, there are times when my husband would tell the girls, no, because why? God said no. There are times when my husband would say yes. Why? Because God said yes. So I can appreciate that about my husband, that he acknowledges God. Uh, there are times when the girls would go to my husband, um, can I have a... Uh, I'll just say they want to, you know, uh, have some friends to come over for the weekend. My husband doesn't just tell them the answer right away, you know, unless the Lord gives them the answer right away. But most of the time my husband will say, I'll get back with you. Uh, come back and ask me another time, you know, a couple of days from now. And the girls will go back and ask him, and he'll, sometimes he'll tell them, we'll see what the Lord say. And, and whatever the Lord say, that's the answer that my husband gives the girls. And, you know, and that, what is that saying? That's sending a good example uh, before the girls that when they get married one day, these are some of the same things that they can look for in their husband. That we, even as we're praying for their husbands, we believe that God is going to bring them a kingdom man of God that will love God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that will also love them love uh, them less, just like Christ loved the church, that their husband will love them like Christ loved the church. So we're praying for them uh, that one day they will have a kingdom man of God. We believe by faith they do, but manifestly, when he comes, he will realize that he has found his wife and he's found his good thing, and now he can receive the favor from the Lord. So I believe that my husband has favor from the Lord because he has found his good thing, and he's executing the heart and the mind of God towards me, and towards the girls. He's given us the, everything that God has uh, given unto him. Now, and my husband is one that will quick to apologize. If he missed God in something, he would come back, tell me, tell the girls, you know what? I miss God. And so because I miss God, I need to apologize. And so I can appreciate that also about my husband, that he is a man of humility. He will humble himself. I've seen him do that before the congregation, before the church. He's gone to the church and, and, uh, and confessed or so, uh, shared with the church how he missed God and he was wrong about this or he was wrong about that. And he's quick to apologize, and, and I can appreciate that about him. That's a pattern. That's a good example before me. That's showing me to be quick to apologize, to be quick to repent when I miss God. And so Esther fulfilled her divine destiny because of Mordecai. 
so I can fulfill my divine destiny because of my men of God, my submission to my men of God. Our girls can fulfill their divine destiny as long as they're living under our household, as long as there's breath in their bodies, they can fulfill their divine destiny because our prayers are helping them to be the, the woman of God that God has called, appointed, and anointed them to be as they submit to authority, as I continue to submit to my man of God, to my authority, and rise up and take my rightful place, I can fulfill divine destiny, the place that God has me, the place that God has called me. My husband is helping me to open up my eyes and see that this is not about you. This is something my husband say from time to time. This is bigger than you. So I have to see the bigger picture. I have to see the whole picture. And sometimes we don't always see the whole picture. So God has to give us an extra set of eyes through our authority to help us to see that this is not about you. God has brought you here for his purpose, not for your purpose. So rise up and take your rightful place and become the woman of God, become the man of God that God has called you to be as you take your right. You let go and let God. Well, we see that our time has, uh, has expired, and we pray that you heard a word from God today to encourage you to be the man of the woman of God that God has called you to be. Will you let go and let God like Esther did and rise up knowing that uh, God has brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this? We pray that you were blessed. Remember the broadcast uh, is canceled for tomorrow, uh, but we will resume on Saturday at 12 noon. God bless you. Until the next time, God bless you.